I'm Arya Schwartz, along with my co-host, Gabe Ibrahim, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. Today, we're talking Eurobasket and a few updates of what's been going on in the W. If you like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community for less than a cup of coffee a month. You can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. Gabe, how's it going? It's been a minute. It has been a minute. It has been a minute. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Uh, I yeah. hope everyone had a lovely Thanksgiving. I did. Yeah, no, I ate a ton of meat. So We were both in North Carolina. Yep, yep. Uh, although we did not, neither of us went and saw a Tar Heels game so, or, or a Duke game, so we kind of failed. We did, we did, but it's fine. We we we're not here oh, for crap. Duke. Wait, wait, and shout out to NC State. We didn't see an NC State game either. Don't go to NC State, people. It's gross. Okay, let's talk. Let's get back to professional basketball. All right, let's talk professional basketball. Well, while we were gone, the Indiana Fever, I believe, the day before Thanksgiving or two days before Thanksgiving, announced that Marianne Stanley will be their next head coach. She was an assistant for the Mystics from 2010. Um, you might recall her if you are a WNBA snob and been following the league for a while. <laughs> uh, she had been a coach, a head coach in the league, actually for DC. Uh, she hasn't been a head coach since 2003, 2003 uh, where she went 9-25 and missed the playoffs after making the conference finals in 2002, where she won coach of the year. Um, that might be a little shock. I mean, like, it was so long ago yeah. that... I think a lot of people really don't even acknowledge that or think about that or even really give that a lot of credit. I mean, we often talk about, you know, this coach has kind of run its course, whatever. It's it's rare that you see coaches who have kind of been out of the spotlight for so long get that chance back in there. Um, you know, from from 77 to 2000, she was a coach in, in various different uh, college teams. She won a championship in 1985. For ODU. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Gabe, what what are your initial thoughts? I know I, I got some harsh feelings, um, but what are your initial thoughts? Well, I don't think it's a it's a bad hire, certainly. I mean, she's obviously, I mean, you know, we just went through a resume. She's been coaching. She's been a women's basketball coach since 1977, which is, that's like at least double my lifetime. So <laughs> she she's forgotten more about basketball than I'll ever know. Um, so she, you know, I think she has a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of experience. She really understands, obviously she understands the game. Um, she's going to bring an air of stability and I think probably some calm because she, she's been here before. This is not new. Um, however, you know, so, so I think, you know, I'm seeing this higher. And I think the way that, uh, the fever talked about it and even the way that the mystics talked about it, it seems like this is, you know, a culture hire, like she's coming in to build this championship mentality and bring over some of that, um, some of that, you know, kumbaya from the mystics, which, you know, it was great. The, the locker room at the mystics is awesome. And I'm sure she played a role in that. However, uh, to me, you know, I don't know what her basketball style is going to look like because we don't know how, what she accounted for in the mystic style of play. Um, we certainly heard a lot about you know what Mike 
what uh, Coach T did, what Coach T's son did in creating that offense and, you know, creating the defense. But we, I'm not really sure what um, she did. So, I, it, you know, for me, it's just I don't know. I think she is going to bring that culture and that championship mentality. But at the same time, wasn't the whole wasn't that the whole point of having Pokey Chapman there? Uh, you know, someone who's been there, who understands the game, who can bring stability and calm and knows how to win championships at, at different levels. So to me, you know, I I liked Pokey. I think they could have, they, they, at the end of the season, I believe I, they, I said they should move on from her because this team has to take another step. And to me, this hire doesn't scream, uh, we're taking the next step. It's kind of like, we're just trying to, do the same thing we were doing. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know enough about her um, coaching style as it, as it is now because the last time we saw her coach was in 2002 um, in the WNBA. So, you know, we don't know what her what her style is going to be, what kind of offense she's going to run. I know she has some talent. I'm sure uh, she's competent as a coach, and I'm sure she can bring some stability. But to me, it's just like this doesn't seem like a huge upgrade over Pokey. Yeah, and and – I mean, my initial thoughts are, one, this is not going to excite a fan base. Now, as I tweeted out, I believe, at the time of this hire, this isn't going to excite a fan base. But if there is a fan base that is going to be excited about it, it's Indiana. And don't take that the wrong way. I mean, in the simple sense of if there's a fan base that's going to appreciate it, it's old school fans who know her history. My my beefs with this hire, though, are kind of if DC doesn't win a championship now, are we really talking about her about bringing a championship culture to this team? I, I personally am just not a fan of this whole like championship yeah. culture because they won one championship as an assistant coach. Like, c- come on. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Like yes. In, in the same sense of, we could say that about a variety of other coaches. An, another issue that I have with this is if you listen to the press conference, um, honestly, I, I was driving through North Carolina at the time watching it. Um, on my phone and the whole time I was left scratching my head because they kept referencing what she had done in was uh, in 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 Washington mm-hmm. and the whole time I'm sitting there and I'm like Washington wins a championship because they have the greatest player of in basketball right. on the planet right, right now like they, they're not winning this without Elena Deladon and then went to like in the press conference talk about how we're gonna do I see a lot of similarities in this team to what we had in, in mm-hmm. DC and blah 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 I'm calling BS on that because you don't have Deladon. You don't have Christy Tolliver. You don't have like a, a secondary version of your star player in AKA Emma Miesemann. Like there's so yeah. many elements that you don't have. And then also one of your best players is a true center, something that DC definitely doesn't have. Like I just didn't yeah. understand that comparison at all. Um, the positive I will say, um, and I know we talked about this off air, was Tamika moving to GM yes. might be the most important move. Um, and that's definitely going to resonate much better with the fan base because if you know anything about basketball, it's anybody who likes the W, anybody who likes women's basketball loves Tamika Catchings. And oh yeah, she's she's up there in the GOAT conversation. We had it two years ago. We're going to definitely have to have another GOAT debate coming up soon. <laughs> but I mean, that, that's that got to excite the fan base much more than the hire. So I'm not counting her out. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it's a horrible hire. Um like you said, uh, it, it's a little bit similar to Pokey, and I wasn't horrible against Pokey. Yeah, she made some questionable moves, but it was a growth period. Um, and let's just hope that uh, Stanley can take them from point B to point C. C is in championship. There's an information gap, I think, be- between what we know 
about about uh, Coach Stanley and what the team knows. I mean, maybe maybe they know something about her role in creating the chemistry because there was a great chemistry and there was really defined roles. But at the same time, it's like what you're saying: what what comes first is it the talent, and then the roles come, or do the roles come, and then they they all fit in their talent to that. So it's like I'm with you, but maybe there is an information gap. It's just it's what you're saying that for us fans, for us outsiders well i guess we are winsiders so we're not outsiders but for for the people who aren't in that room making that decision we don't have all of the information and this isn't a hire where you can say oh you know this person created this amazing offense here or 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 like james wade james wade does x y and z and that's going to fit in great with this group of people so to us it's just we don't know so so maybe it works out great um and maybe it doesn't but I, i think what you mentioned though tamika being the gm that's huge because they need to build this roster still. You know, they, they have some great players. They have Erica Wheeler, obviously. They have Tierra McCowan. They have Kelsey Mitchell. They have Natalie Chama. They have a whole bunch of pieces, but those pieces aren't together yet. And I don't think that comes, that's necessarily a coaching, uh, you know, togetherness. That doesn't come from coaching. It has to come from the GM. There's going to have to be some moves made. So, I, you know, in, I'm more interested in what Tamika is going to do going forward than I necessarily am with Stanley because I think if you give her a good enough roster, I'm sure she's competent to, to win a championship or at least get to a championship. Obviously, she's shown that throughout her career. But I, I think it just happens. It's going to happen in the GM office. They're going to have to make the moves. They're going to have to pick the players that are necessary going forward and define those roles for the players. Oh, totally, totally. So let's ask the question on everyone's mind. What needs to happen for this team to make the playoffs next year? What are your initial thoughts? Um, well, I, they're not very far, right? Uh, they they uh, almost made it last year. So I think if, you know, assuming no one takes a big step back, I think we can expect a little bit of regression from Erica Wheeler. Her mid-range shooting was off the charts last year. She was unbelievable. So I won't be surprised to see you know, just a tiny bit of regression for uh, Erica Wheeler, but I can also see her becoming more of the playmaker, leader, uh, sort of the, the person you need at the top who's making the calls and taking the shots at the end of the game. So if she stays, you know, to close to where she was last year, they'll be right in that mix again. Tierra McCowan, what she did at the end of the year was incredible. Uh, she really grew. She really showed that she can be not only that big bruising center that we saw in her, but she can also be the modern center. She can be someone who can play in the modern game. And I think as she starts developing those skills and getting better and better, that's going to also be huge for them. And the big question mark is what is Kelsey Mitchell? You know, I I was not that impressed with her last year, but then you see her in some games and you're like, she can be the superstar for this team. And, And for me, it's just some, you know, she has some growing up to do. And players Ra- often Rachel, do that. Rachel will scream at you for that one, my brother. <laughs> Why? What did I say wrong? Rachel's just not on the Kelsey Mitchell fan yeah. fan club. No, and I, you know, I'm not, I'm not arguing with Rachel because I, I agree with her. But I just see, you know, we're it's a glass half full situation with Kelsey Mitchell. So you glass half full type of player. I see that glass is half full, and and Rachel sees that as half empty. And it's because for me, you know, I can see Kelsey Mitchell getting better. Why not? She she has a whole summer here. Uh, excuse me. She has a whole fall because we don't play basketball in basketball season in WNBA, if you were wondering. Um, she is she's only 24 years old. So, you know, I just see a lot of potential there, but she has some growing up to do, and she needs to uh, improve, really, the things that improve with maturity. 
basketball IQ, not getting down on yourself, understanding where you are on the court and working with your teammates. And all of those things can 100% happen. So to me, it's really going to be how much does Erica Wheeler regress, if, if at all? How much more, uh, how much better does Tierra McCallum be, get? And where does Kelsey Mitchell end up as a player? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I agree with that. I think something that listening to you talk and kind of has been on my mind a little bit when it comes to Kelsey Mitchell. Um, sorry to blindside you on this one. A question that I think we're going to have to dive deeper into is the comparison between Kelsey Mitchell and Arika Gumbawale because oh. both of them have a lot of, you know, Kelsey Mitchell doesn't get the notoriety of being that that killer mentality, but they both are high volume, low percentage shooters who, when they get hot, are pretty much unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love us to uh, do a little bit deeper dive. Obviously, we're going to have to bring in Rachel on that. Uh, maybe <laughs> we'll bring in uh, a few more. Maybe we'll bring in Dorothy and she can talk a little bit from the other perspective. And then we're going to have to get someone who's who's on the Kelsey Mitchell uh fan boat there fan train or hype train whatever you want to call it if kelsey's but, listening i'm on the fan train just hey let, let me be let me be honest she went to the ohio state and i was a huge fan of them growing up i want her to do good um Actually, i just had I a lot totally, of questions i totally forgot she went to ohio state i'm back off back <laughs> off the train jumping off that was the quickest ride but it's dc metro so you're still gonna have to pay like 50 bucks uh for me <laughs> for this team honestly it's about the draft because okay. Something that was synonymous with the Washington Mystics was they are going to kill you by the three ball. So for me, if you want to talk to me about, you know, Fever are going to take what they learned from the Mystics and blah, 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 then it's going to be about the three ball. Getting a player who, you know, they have a high pick, third overall. They can definitely make some choices that are going to, you know, may possibly bring in that actual superstar if Kelsey doesn't live up to it. But I think the three ball is definitely going to have to be a big element of it. Obviously, uh, if you follow the Indiana Fever, you know Victoria Vivians, um, who was a lights-out three-point shooter her rookie season, missed her sophomore season due to an ACL injury overseas. Um, Shout-out to WNBA players getting paid more so they don't have to play overseas and shorten their careers. But her coming back should help that. Um, Talk to me about what you're thinking as far as the draft and this team. Um, well, so they have the third overall pick. Uh, I think they can obviously get something great. Hopefully for them, uh, Satu Sabule. Did I pronounce that right? I think I did. I think Satu Sabule. What All amazing. I know is when she scores a dope bucket, that's going to be a yeah. great announcer soundbite. Oh, my God. No, I can't wait for her to be in the league forever. And she's been great. Honestly, we don't we, we are not college basketball aficionados, but... She, she's been great this year, and you know there's a lot of talk about her moving up into that third spot. Uh, Brandon Davis, when he did his mock draft for us, um, uh, excuse me, B. Terrell, um, did his mock draft for us on Winsider. Um, he said that uh, they would take Beatrice Montpierre from the University of Miami, my alma mater. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how much that fits, but I think they can get a really great player. Um, I think they do need to focus on a perimeter player because, you know, you have a Chamwell, you have McCowan. If those two can fit into a role of one being the backup, one being the Sparter, maybe maybe you can play them together. I know uh, Ju- Justin uh, Carter did a little deep dive into that, um, and he said it was going to be eh, iffy if that's going to work. Um, but they really need to just get away from mid-range shooting. They just took way too many mid-rangers last year. So anything that helps that to help to help bring them out and create some space um, to get better shots 
would be great. And I, I think there's plenty of options. So they will get someone who helps there. Oh, yeah. And, and speaking of Sabale, I mean, first of all, yes, we are aware she would have to declare early. Right, 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 um, right, right. There's a lot of questions with that. I believe her sister's on the team. So there's some thoughts of whether or not she'd want to stay to play with her sister. But also something that definitely stood out for me. And I want to give a huge shout out um, to Skylar Diggins-Smith because I don't know if anybody's been following her on, on Instagram or, or social media after oh, yeah. her after her kind of I don't want to call it a rant, but after she kind of voiced some of her frustrations uh, just in general, um, I will say she has been one of the most vocal WNBA players when it comes to NCAA play. She has been amazing giving insight of, you know, this player was really good when Mm -hmm. we played her. I think she's going to be really great. She spoke of Sable as possibly the number one pro ready or player who's going to succeed the most in, in the W uh, through their so far college tour. Obviously they've got a few more games left in that. So let's see if she stands by that later. Maybe we could get around the show uh, and talk to her a little bit about that. Cause I would love to have more WNBA players kind of analyzing the talent that they've faced uh, on this tour. Cause everyone can talk about the loss and they can talk about this and that, but I think it'd be really interesting to talk to them about kind of what they saw in like, you know, what what their feelings are. Oh, we have one more piece of news that was not on the show sheet, but it's Brianna Stewart coming back for Team USA. I'm going to get the date. She's going to play UConn. So she is targeting a return on January 27th for Team USA uh, against Connecticut. So this was uh, this is reported by Matt Allentuck. Oh, friend of the show. Friend of the program. Friend of the show. Shout friend out of- to Matty Boy. Matty Ice, yeah. as they call him. Do they call him that? I call him um, whatever I want. <laughs> uh, yeah, he actually had a decent draft for once on the SB Nation Twitter. Um, but regardless, so so Matt's reporting that so Brianna, Brianna Stewart is coming back, and she's going to be on that Team USA tour very soon. Delightful to hear, delightful to see that she's coming back because basketball's missed her. Oh, yeah, definitely. And and obviously that's going to affect the whole power structure of the W. So oh, wait, it's going to be fun to talk segue. about. Yeah, I have a segue. So Brianna Stewart's old team, Yekaterinburg. Heading heading to Russia. We're going to Euro. Can we do that? Yeah. Okay. They she lost. Played for Di- she played for Dynamo last year. Yeah. Oh, I messed up. No, she was playing against Yekaterinburg when they got yeah. hurt. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Right. Okay. Regardless, well, we can regardless. Have- great segue. Great segue. Um. Wow. Can we, I mean, I I'm still shook from that game. Uh. I'll let you talk about it because I'm speechless. It was ridiculous. I can't believe Triple T Riga. That's what I'm calling him, by the <laughs> Triple way. Triple T Riga. I like that a lot. It, it sounds like a wrestling move. Triple T Riga just straight up pounced him. 89, yeah. Sorry, 89-81. I mean, who saw that coming? Uh, no one. No one. I didn't. Even, I wasn't. I wasn't watching that game. I mean, I work for a living like a dope, but so I can't. I can't watch all the games. But I saw on Twitter, you know. Yeecat is close. It's close. It's close. I'm like, all right, that's fine. You know, it's not going to, by the end of the game, it's not going to be close. And then I keep looking on Twitter and it's like, this is 75, 75. So it was close all the way. And then Riga just, you know, won. It was really uh, Marina Mayberry. She was amazing and they won the game. And so their coach, which is, this is a great quote, uh, Riga's coach, Martin Zebarts called it the biggest victory in the history of Latvian women's club basketball since Latvian since Latvia regained its independence. That's that awesome. is an amazing quote. 
That's an amazing quote. Literally the biggest moment since independence. And honestly, like, he's correct. This was a stunning upset. So last year, just to give you some context, obviously these teams change so much year to year. Yikat is not the same team. Riga is not the same team. But last year, uh, Yekaterinburg knocked out Triple T Riga out of the playoffs by a margin of 55 points over two games. Riga, coming into this game, was 0-4, and they had lost by 15 points to Borges. I don't know how to, that's how you pronounce it. Uh, and then Yikat was just unbelievable throughout the season, and I don't know. I mean, I didn't. Even, I was trying to figure out a way to explain this, and it's like there's no... There's not like a typical sign of an upset. Like, Yikat did not shoot well. They they played poorly, but Riga did also did not shoot well. You know, the turnover margin was close. Rebounding margin was close. You know, it, it was insane. It, it, it's just like, it's like one of those football games where one team cannot score whatsoever and the other team is very high-flying offense. And, the other, and then there's like a hailstorm or a hurricane, and the uh, the offensive team just can't score, it kind of had that same sort of feeling. And, you know, the Riga crowd was there. They were great. And great, great job by Riga for winning. Uh, it was really, their, hey. their, their two big guards were amazing. I mean, like, like let's, let's put this into perspective. This was an all-star team going up against a normal team. Yes. And 100%. Like, yeah, like... This is I, like I, I I'm not I'm not going to compare it to the Oregon women's team beating the uh, the the USA national team because there's a lot of issues there. Right. But just like think about that. I mean, obviously, there's so many. It's Swiss cheese the amount of holes in that in that theory. But like, it's it's pretty absurd that they got that off. Uh, I'm I'm I was blown away. I mean, I. I Yikat has not been losing and they've just been dominating as you would expect from a team that has like 15 WNBA superstars on it. Yeah, no. And, and they, they were uh, really good again. I mean, you know, uh, Courtney Vandersloot, Allie Quigley, they were playing well. Uh, John Cole Jones was great. Brittany Griner was great, but it was just those, those Marina Mayberry. And I'm going to screw up this name. Binta drumming, drumming. Drame? I'm pretty sure you said it bet correctly. Okay. Um, they were unbelievable. And it's just some it's something we've seen in WNBA with Chicago. If you have two big guards that really know what they're doing in the pick and roll, they can kill Vandersloot and Quigley. Because those two, I mean, they're great offense. They're pretty good defensively, but they just have some natural limitations. They got screened to all hell. And then Brittany Griner just she she had a really tough time. Uh, calculating whether she should drop back or step up. And Maria Mayberry just killed her. She had 24 points, eight rebounds, four assists. Um, and she hit a huge shot. I think it was like with 50 seconds left. She just came right off a of pick and roll. Griner, it was like a half second hesitation coming out to her. And Maria just pulled it and popped it right in to give uh, to give Riga the five-point lead and basically seal the game. So it was I mean- it was unbelievable, frankly. Well, also, you got to give a shout out to Megan Huff. Um, yes. Player who had a great, outstanding college career. Utah gets signed by or drafted by New York. Um, doesn't make the final roster. Does what all WNBA or great college women's basketball players do. Or really any college basketball player who can't make it uh, in the, the pro league in America. Go overseas. A nice game by her also to help her team get the victory. Uh, she had 13 points. Not bad. Five for 14. Shooting isn't the greatest. 
uh, but three for eight from three. I mean, look, this, this is, we talk about it constantly. I sound like a broken record, but this is the training camp for women's mm-hmm. basketball players to prove themselves. It's it's a never ending cycle. If you go overseas to prove yourselves for the W, then you go to the W to prove yourself for a big contract overseas. And it continues and it continues and it continues. So I want to give a shout out to her, another player to keep your eyes on uh, who might maybe make it on WNBA roster this coming season. Yeah, no, I, I, there's a lot of players. I mean, we, we can go through a bunch and we're going to go through at least one. Um, but to put a bow, to put a bow on this, uh, you cat, uh, bounce back by winning by 39 points on Wednesday against Borges. And Riga lost to, uh, hold on, I have this pronunciation here. Nadezda? It's, it's Nadezda. Uh, it, yeah, it's a Turkish team, I believe. Right. Right. Um, they're, they're, they, get, they got, you know, it's interesting. It's hard for me because I, I every season I pick a new team that I'm kind of going to like follow a little bit more and you get excited based on yeah. for me how many WNBA players are on the teams um and last year they had a few more but now um a little bit less than before but honestly I expected a uh, triple T to pull off a victory there and and they just they got spanked Yeah I mean they you know they looked they looked whatever but it just like that's what triple T was before <laughs> Before they play, yeah, I, yeah. I just yeah. You, you get your hopes up after after a victory like that. Like maybe they turned a corner. It was a real, it was a real, just like you know, upset situation. It's not something we get to see a lot in in basketball because it's like every regular season game, someone can win, right? But this felt like I don't know. This felt like uh, I guess I'm in a really college football mood, but it's like Michigan App State, or I don't know if Rutgers were to beat any team. It, it, it's just kind of like that upset where this just completely unexpected. Um, so good for them. Good for, good for triple T. Uh, they, I don't think they're going to make too much more noise, but you never know. We, we would have never thought they would have beat them. I, I think uh, Eric Nemchuk, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. There's so many people where I'm just friends with them on Twitter. Um, I like he, to call him Nemchuk. I like to call him Nemchuk, but he's, oh. he's writing for, uh, he's writing for, he's writing uh, about EuroLeague for Swish Appeal, which everyone should go check out because it is great content and it keeps you up to date. I think his line in the preview for this game was, uh, you know, Marina Mayberry is joining Triple T Riga, uh, but it's not going to matter in this one. And, you know, I would have agreed with him before the game, but sometimes you're wrong. Sometimes. Hey, I mean, like when when, when we broke the news about Mayberry joining the team, I believe our our uh, our thought was like, oh, wow, this this is going to change. They're going to turn the season around. And then we looked at at the schedule Mm -hmm. and we're like, ah, crap. Not not that game. Not going to turn around immediately. So yeah, good for them. Good for them. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about blowouts. I believe there's oh. a couple uh like ridiculous like ninety and eighty point blowouts that happen of recent in national league. Not not in Euro League, but yeah. in national league. Uh, care to uh shed a light on that, my friend? Yeah. So USK Praha uh, defeated Slovanka, uh, which is a team in Hungary, apparently or in whatever league. I'm not sure how the leagues work. But they beat them 121 to 32. <laughs> Brianna Jones. Brianna Jones set a record in the league for scoring with 50, 50 points. 5-0 and 12 rebounds. Well, I, you know, I didn't look this up before, but I'm going to look up what her, uh, what her WNBA highest scoring game is because I cannot imagine it's... What we're gonna we're gonna guess it's like max twenty five. 
I'd say like 21. Um, her ma- her her highest scoring average, her highest scoring output was 18 points. 18. I was I was gonna lowball at 17, but I was like, that's just rude. After someone drops 50, you can't lowball them with that. Yeah. But so th- this is kind of one of the things we're gonna we're gonna get into a little bit later, and something that we want to talk about always with the early. But Brianna Jones, one of those players who's making a leap. She's making a leap. She's been playing great for. Praha, she's been playing with Alyssa Thomas as well, developing a lot more chemistry. They're going to be back together with the Sun. Um, and Alyssa Thomas, you know, the, you can imagine what Alyssa Thomas does. It's always the same thing. She's a beast. She's a monster. I, I don't, I have, I've run out of adjectives for her. Um, she only had 11 points, eight assists, five rebounds casually in this game. But um, yeah, Brianna Jones looking really, really good. I, I think we're going to have to uh, shed a spotlight on her at some point. Oh, definitely. Most, oh, most I, definitely. And, and, she, and she definitely showed some sparks during the playoffs. I mean, can't, can't, you know, oh, pun yeah. intended because she played well against sparks, but no, she had, she had a really great game, uh, obviously with that stat line, but, uh, don't, don't forget, do not forget about Fenner. Fenner Bocci. Yeah. You know that that's my team. Um, <laughs> and they just spanked, they just spanked another team in the Turkish league. One Oh three 24. Yeah. I, lo- I looked up the Turkish team's name. Um, and I couldn't pronounce it and I think it'd be rude for us to mention it. So let's just not mention it. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. If, 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 if you've noticed, I've just let you pronounce all the right. team names this episode, just because I always butch them. My go-to is make up a nickname and just roll with the nickname. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's what I do. Speaking of nicknames, speaking of Fenner, let's do a little player spotlight Ooh. on my girl, Chechi. Zandi, aka Chechi Zandalasini of Fenerbahce, 25 points, 9 of 14 shooting against BLMA uh, last week or this past week. Even hit a shot for them accidentally. Wait, fill me in on that. I didn't even know uh, about that. Yeah, so I was, uh, this is like in the highlight because I also missed this live. So like the, the shot clock was running down and someone from uh, BLMA um, like tossed like a little entry pass to the, you know, just like a high post pass and uh, Zandi just like tipped it up to steal it. But when she tipped it up, she like tipped it up and back right into the hoop as the shot clock expired. Uh, so she really, she had 27 points in this game. That's what I'm saying. 27 points. <laughs> now, uh, I don't understand. That should count. I think that should count for her. Cause who else does it count for? Exactly. Like you don't get a point for a pat, like whatever. No, 27 points. Uh, of nine of fourteen shooting, that doesn't even count as a shot. That's a free basket. But she's she's doing it even when she's not trying. She's doing it when she's exactly. Not and and you know that this is a player that we're going to dive a lot more deep into, um, in styles of play and and reasons why uh somebody like her does so well in Eurobasket and has struggled a little bit in the W. And you know I've talked about Rachel off air about this a lot, and we really get into it. And something you know she goes into. Oh, the spacing and the style of play and the unselfish play and a little bit more play calling and this, this and that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, a lot of it has to do with the team that she's on. Now, she wasn't. I was really excited for her to come come back to the Lynx this past season when Maya Moore isn't there, when Simone Augustus is injured mm-hmm. and isn't playing that much, where she could finally step up and and not have that fear of kind of like, well, why am I shooting the ball when I have Maya Moore and Simone Augustus and Lindsay? Like, right. And just a list of some of the greatest players to touch the WNBA basketball court. So for me, I was really excited for that. And, and to me, that's the biggest thing. Yes, she's a young player. 
yes, she, she, she needs her time to grow. And the W is a higher skill set than any other league in the world. I get that. But I truly think when you give her an opportunity to kind of just say, Hey, Zandy, let it, let it fly. Uh, We're going to see a lot of growth from her. No. And I think that's, that's where she belongs really. She, you know, I think she's been kind of cast as just this spot up shooter. And I think, you know, there's a bunch of examples of this, uh, around Euro, the Euro League and Eurobasket at large, that these players who are cast as sort of spot up people, they can do so much more when they're given the chance. And I think Zandi is one of those players who's developing a lot more now. She is shooting forty five percent of her, on threes in Euro uh, in Euro League, which is absurd. But she's also doing it a lot more off the dribble. She's doing a lot more with the ball in her hands, and we've seen that at times in Minnesota. But it's like what you're saying. She needs the opportunity to do that and to grow in that. And I think, you know, next year could be her chance to really have a breakout if they give her the ball because she's really, she's really developing, you know, smooth step backs, little, little moves to get into the lane. She's not just settling for outside shots and she's, she still has that, you know, beautiful outside shot, quick trigger when she's spotting up or, um, or off an assist. So she, she really can, um, expand her game and I think if she can do that maybe she can become a player where she comes off the bench and you're just like okay Zandy get us the bucket and, and you know I'm I'm sure with you as you a former Lynx fan have to be excited about this that, th- that this person can come in and just kind of provide that scoring boost that has really been lacking uh for Minnesota so you know what are your what are your thoughts as far as what she needs to um get better at to make that impact and kind of push Minnesota from you know that poor offense to a more acceptable offense yeah and and I'll and I'll start this off by saying honestly I I need to to invest in looking at her Ross or her her contract and whatnot because it's possible I know she had the year like she didn't pay this past season I don't know how that affects it but I'm pretty sure last year was about to be her last season on that initial contract so I do want to fill in on that um obviously hey WNBA open up your books for us but um I, to me, I, I think on the defensive side of things, what she's got going for her is she's got quick feet. She is a solid defender with some long, lanky arms, which she showed me she can, you know, at a young age, a few years ago, I was seeing her play in a way that I was like, damn, this can be a, a shutdown defender um, who can really cover, you know, the likes of Diamond DeShields, the likes of bigger players like Candace Parker. Um, and, and don't, don't, Blink your eyes at me when I say stuff like that, because what I'm talking about is, is she has that lockdown defensive uh, ability with her size and with her body type offensively. Like you're talking about, I want to see more confidence. I want to see her add that smooth step back. I want to see her add a little, you know, I, honestly, it comes down to confidence for me. I, I can go across the board and talk about, Oh, I want to see your drive to the basket more. I want to see her, you know, work on this, work on that off ball movement, stuff like that. But I truly think she has all those tools. For me, every time I've seen her, you know, have a good game, it's because it's been natural to her. She hasn't been second guessing and thinking. And I think a lot of that comes with just flat out confidence. Uh, and and maybe that's, you know, the coach saying putting more pressure on her, a different coaching style on her. Maybe it's a coach putting less pressure on her. I don't know what it is exactly, but she needs to get her confidence level up because once she gets her confidence level up, it's going to fall in place for her. And and people have been talking about how she's going to be this great player from when she was like 17 or 18 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like she's 
she's been that young player that people have had their eye on. I just need to see confidence from her. And it's interesting because, you know, a player like Diamond to Shields, who obviously has never lacked confidence, but for a player like Diamond to Shields, who when coming into the league, I viewed such a positive with her time that she spent overseas and leaving college early and playing overseas. I almost want to say that for Zandi, you know, she if she did the opposite and, and had the ability to go to a college, uh, like a, a college style program mm-hmm. or a little bit of time, the amount of growth that she would have would make her most improved player. I'll, I'll say it. Hot take. Yeah. Most improved player coming in to the 2020 season is going to be Zandi. Zandi. I mean, I'm down with it. She looks she looks the part. I mean, you know, we can we can say that about a lot of players and we will throughout your league. We're going to be doing these player spotlights because they're really important. And that that's what we're really watching for here is who's growing. And I think Zandi is a, a perfect example because, like you're saying, she she can play a huge role here for Minnesota and she can be that most improved player. Because imagine if she comes in, she can if she can start for this team and give them you know, what she's giving, what she's giving to Fenerbahce, maybe a little bit less opportunity. You have to bake that in. So let's say she averages 12 points a game. That's unbelievable. That's a huge boon for Minnesota or whichever team she signs for, because I cannot find her, uh, any information on her contract. Great job, WNBA. Um, So whoever, whoever she's with, I think she can provide a huge boost. And if that defense is there and she can kind of, she can hold her own at the four and maybe even guard some fives, that's that's done. You know, she she I think she would lock it up because if she can guard fives and this team can go that sort of like we're running out, give Sylvia some more rest, get her ready for the playoffs. I, I think, you know, it, I, I'm really I'm really with you here. Uh, sometimes sometimes we're disagreeing on the links because of uh, someone's rose colored glasses, um, but. <laughs> But I'm, I'm with you. That, actually, you got that. It, that's gold colored glasses because they win championships, my friend. Oh my god, let me let me roll my eyes. <laughs> no, but honestly, like uh, you know, a, a good comparison that I have is a, a slightly undersized Azrae Stevens. Um, yeah. Except I, I see Zandy a little bit more of a wing. I've always you know differed with the much wiser, uh, much more intelligent basketball mind of uh, Cheryl Reeve. But like I've always seen her more so as a you know as the next Simone Augustus for this team playing that style where if need be she can go from two all the way to four but you know Reeves always kind of seen her more so as a four maybe a three um and then at need be uh, a five but you know I I truly think there there is the wave of youth in this league cannot be overstated I mean Azrae Stevens was basically out all season you know Zandi was out all season a plethora of other young stars. Vivian's was out all season. A plethora of these young players who really have the ability to create the narrative of the WNBA going into this uh, this next uh, decade. I'm excited. I'm excited too. She's 23 years old. I'm not sure we mentioned that, but she's 23 years old. She's younger than Kelsey Mitchell, and and she has all of the tools, all of the basketball IQ, everything ready to go. Um, it's just going to be a matter of. Does she get the opportunity? Who is Maya Moore coming? Well, where she's playing, first off, let's assume it's the Lynx because I'm is, sure. Is, oh, yeah, here. Zandy, not Maya, because that's well, obviously. Obviously, yeah. But if my if my is Maya coming back, is there going to be, you know, who who else is going to get more shots? So, you know, a lot of these players, you know, we a lot of these players, it's just about 
Is that opportunity going to be there or are they going to be somewhat stifled and they're going to have to go back to Europe and continue to develop and then maybe next year come back. So for, but back to, to Zandi, she's developing in the exact way you would hope if you're a Lynx fan and, you know, maybe she could be that too. I see her more, I see her more down the line because I like to play smaller. Um, so I, I see her more as your three, four, five. But I, I, I do obviously see that idea that she could be that wing scorer that you just say, hey, here's the ball at the three-point line. Do what you will with it. Or the ball handler in the pick and roll. So she can she can do both those things, and I think she can do them well. No, yeah, I agree. I mean, like, look, let's let's be honest. If If you ask me and probably you, biggest issue for the Lynx – uh, honestly, the past two season, it's just their three point shooting has been abysmal. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't shoot enough of it. They, and which doesn't make sense to me because this is a team that really was one of the first teams in the league to realize, oh man, if we want to beat this, if we want to continue this winning way, um, pun intended, then we need to start hitting more threes. And over the past two seasons, that mentality has kind of just gone out the window. All right. Well, the, the lava has to do with the personnel too. Yeah. Um, anything, anything you want to touch on before we sign off? Um, no, unless you want to give people a rundown of where we are in Eurobasket. I mean, we are what seven games in now in your league. Why don't you break it down for them? Well, let me pull it up. I didn't write this down. Um, I thought about doing it and then I didn't write it down. That's six. how it works. Six, some, yeah, six, a couple teams have played eight. Um, so six to eight in the, in the stretch. Yeah. I don't get how one team is, you know, there's four, there's three teams that have played eight games. Don't get it. Bizarre. Don't get it at all. Um, very bizarre. But, uh, but um, so we obviously, um, Yeecat up at the top of one group. Uh, they, I'm, sh- I'm sure they have not, uh, in the past two seasons, they've only lost one regular season game. Uh, so if that holds, they're probably going to win again because they've already beaten uh, Prague, Praha, if you will. Um, so it goes in the Group A, Yecap, Praha, Nadezda, I think. Borges. All right, I'm going to stop pronouncing these names. Those are the top four teams. Riga's near the bottom. Uh, Fenerbahce is leading the other group. Sicho uh, and BLMA are uh, second and third in group B. So, Hey, don't forget about dynamo. Dynamo is fourth at three and three. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I I like Fenerbahce. I think they can, like we were just saying with Zandi, she brings a lot. Last week, last time we talked about your league, we talked about Alina Agupova. Um, and she's doing great too. She's keeping it up. So I think they can challenge here. Obviously Yeecat is not, uh, perfectly invincible. If they can lose to a team like Triple T Riga, they can lose to anybody. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, like, look, let's be honest. Fenner isn't the all-star team that that ECAT is, but if there's if there's a team that I think looking at the roster, you look at it and you go, okay, this team has a chance. If you're putting your money on anywhere, it's got to be Fenner. And honestly, jersey-wise, I think those are the two best jerseys in the game right now. <laughs> um, so, hey, that's that's where it's at. As always, Gabe, you know how we believe. We believe the players of the W and its community deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect that men's sports receive on a daily basis. With that in mind, please consider joining our Patreon community to help support us in the hard work that we do. 